Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, is Ireland getting rid of daylight savings time? I'm joined in studio by Dara Brophy, our assistant news editor, who has been caught up in time over the last couple of weeks trying to figure this out for us. Yes, I've been on a journey through time and space. (laughs) Because to be honest, there is nothing that confuses me more than daylight savings time. And when I try and think what's summertime, what's wintertime, I get very confused. Well, you'd be pleased to know that it's uh, both quite simple and rather complicated, Jeanette. Yeah, because one of the things I do know is that the EU is involved. And once, once the EU is involved, there is complications and complexities. That's right. More on that later. Yeah. So if we do have to make a decision to get rid of daylight savings time and presumably to choose either winter or summertime at that point. I presume there'll be a lot of people who will have opinions and arguments on either side. There are a lot of opinions on this all the way across Europe, uh, particularly in uh, towards the east of Europe in Germany, where they just seem to be really against the, the twice yearly clock changes and they'd much rather have extra leisure time in the evening. We had this debate here in Ireland a couple of years ago um, and now we're going to have it all over again. Yeah, and I think it's probably something that on the other side, a lot of people really won't care about. So... What exactly is the EU proposing and where are we in this whole debate? Okay, well, right now, you may have seen the headlines um, during the week. The European Parliament voted that um, seasonal clock changes should be scrapped entirely by 2021. That means it's possible that this time in two years, so in March 2021, we could be changing the clocks for the last time when we put our clocks forward and then we'd remain on that time all year round. Jean-Claude Juncker, uh, the European Commission president, generated a lot of headlines last year too when he said in a State of the Union that clock changing must stop and he backed an even faster change coming into effect by October of this year but we don't think that's going to happen. Basically the question that we're being asked, all member states are being asked to decide whether they want to stay permanently in either one time zone or the other. So permanently in winter time which doesn't sound too attractive or permanently on summer time. It's kind of funny how much Juncker hates the the clock change but you just said there that you know winter time sounds you know less attractive But is it actually less attractive? Because what would happen if we chose wintertime all the time? Okay, so right now it's it's spring. So the old adage is spring forward, fall back. Uh, And that's been the way uh, for most as long as most listeners will remember. That's been the way of things. So it's a relatively simple proposition being put before the people. It still manages to confuse me, as you (laughs) you said, and pretty much anyone I know anytime. And uh, a lot of the time we just want to know, do we get an extra hour in bed or... Uh, an extra hour in bed or one less hour in bed. Yeah, yeah. And we think about it twice a year and then we carry on with our Mm. lives. So one option would mean brighter evenings, that is brighter than in the current system all year round. The other would mean brighter mornings. So essentially the two options are if we choose summertime, that is the time we've just switched over to this month, that would mean brighter evenings with darker mornings in the winter than we currently experience. If we choose wintertime all year round, that is the time we just switched over from, That would mean brighter mornings, but with darker evenings in the summer than we currently experience. So brighter mornings sound really attractive, but also brighter evenings. So it is going to be difficult to decide. Yeah. And to to give an example that kind of brings it home, if you look, I mean, at the height of the summer, it doesn't really matter. Even around this time of year, we have quite long days anyway. So it's kind of... Yeah, there's so much daylight at the moment, like going to work during the week before we put the clock back was lovely. You were getting up and it was like, oh, we're strolling in the middle of the day. (laughs) Exactly. But if you look at December 20th and what would happen um, under a possible change, uh, if we stick with winter time all year round, then sunrise on December 20th would be at around 20 to 9 in the morning. So we're used to that already. Uh, 29 in the morning with sunset then shortly after 4pm around 10 past 4. But the thing is, if we went with summertime all year round, 
The thing is, the sun wouldn't come up until nearly 20 to 10 in the morning on December 20th. But then we'd have brighter conditions in the evening with sunset coming just after 10 past five. Well, when you hear that 20 to 10 sunrise figure, it really feels like that would be extremely late to start getting daylight. Um, But can we just take a step back for a second there, Dara, and look at this concept of daylight savings time? How and when and why did we arbitrarily start putting the clock forward on one day and back on another day? Exactly. So it's the spring forward, fallback, all that sort of thing. The concept only came about around 100 years ago. Before then, going back into the 1800s, different regions had their own time zones. It didn't particularly matter because everyone was just getting on with their daily business in whatever area they, they were in. So if the sun was at its height or the clock tower in one particular area, that would be the time there. Um, Ireland had a slightly different time zone to to London. Um the whole concept of summertime was first introduced in the First World War and the whole idea was making more efficient use of seasonal daylight and there was, you know, large-scale transport going on uh, around that time. So most countries discontinued it after the First World War. It was then restarted during the Second World War, continued after that. Um, and then on an EU basis, since 1981, uh, the European Commission has been issuing directives requiring member states um, all to make the change on the same day each year. So there's obviously... So it's not completely chaotic. Yes. So there's different time zones across the EU. There's three main time zones. And so the switchover, even though we're all in different times, the switchover all happens on the same date in March and the same date in October. So we always know we're one hour behind or two hours behind or one hour ahead or two hours ahead. Exactly. How did we get to the point that we picked daylight saving time and we picked in the time zone that we've picked it in? Largely, we've followed whatever the Brits do. Uh, <laughs> you'd be delighted to hear. Um, so we've, we've more on this later from, from an interesting contributor, but uh, we were, uh, I think, just over 25 minutes off pace with, with London. Uh, and that all changed around 1916, where we, we, we coordinated the clocks. Um, and we, we've been following what they do more or less ever since. There's been some exceptions. Uh, Britain decided to stop observing um, summertime in the late 60s. Um, we went with them on that experiment. And then when they switched back, we switched back too. OK, 25 minute change between us and London. That would be some crack for Aer Lingus and Ryanair. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently getting uh, the ferry to Hollyhead was quite an ordeal. So the EU is, if I was a Brexiteer, would be saying sticking its nose in um, and making us decide or more than likely making us decide winter or summertime. And I can't decide because I'm like, brighter mornings sound lovely. Oh, but brighter evenings also sound lovely. So which do you prefer? What are the arguments for and against either or? Okay, well, there's been a massive consultation on this uh, carried out across the EU last year. Um, It seems to be much more of an issue um, in Germany and further Eastern Europe than it is here. Um, So 4.5 million people or organisations responded to that consultation and the majority who got back said they had a negative experience with the switch. 84%, which is quite a large number, said they were in favour of getting rid of it. Uh, But when you look at the reasons for abolishing the current arrangements, the top reasons given were health, um, energy savings, uh, 20% of people um, gave that reason, uh, and more time for evening leisure activities. Road safety was also cited with about 10% um, citing that as the reason for scrapping the annual changes. So they just didn't like the fact that we changed at all. They weren't in favour of one time or the other, or were they? Um, well, the, the the vast majority were were against switching at all. But then there was quite a lot of support for a switch to summertime. And for instance, the you know evening leisure activities makes more sense that the people who support who are into that wanted summertime rather than wintertime. OK, so that was the European consultation. What about Ireland? Do we know what Irish people want? Uh, well, we don't yet because the Department of Justice, which is in charge of time here, um, carried out a consultation last year. It ended in November. They had 16,000 responses, but they haven't published the results 
yet I'd expect that to happen in the next couple of months. So people were asked three basic questions. Do you want to stop changing the clocks twice a year? If the clock changes stop, do you want to remain on summertime or on wintertime? And what would your opinion be if this proposal were to give rise to different time zones between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Uh, So the only clear signal of public sentiment we have so far is there was a poll carried out last year by Amoric Research for the Journal.ie and Clare Byrne Live, and that found that more than two-thirds of people in Ireland would be in favour of scrapping the seasonal changes and staying on the one time zone all year round. But we don't know which we would prefer yet. Uh, We we don't. Uh, From talking to people this week, there seems to be a consensus that summertime would be better than wintertime. But there's no no survey to back that up or anything. And can we just tell the EU to shove it and we're staying with our spring forward fallback mantra for the rest of time? (laughs) Okay, so this is a bit complicated. This will eventually be voted on by the EU members. So 28 members if the UK remains in the EU, 27 in the more likely event that it does not. Short answer, if the likes of France and Germany want this and 13 countries agree with them, then we'll have to go along with it. Slightly longer answer, well, there's a few mechanisms we could pursue if the country is really against it, but the chances of success are slim there. Um, So Charlie Flanagan, who is the current minister with responsibility for time, has been sitting out the debate so far and hasn't given a view. The Taoiseach has also been speaking on this in the last couple of days, and he did mention it. All he said was that it would be the view of the Dáil that uh, they wouldn't want Northern Ireland on a different time zone. So the final decision basically rests with the EU nations. It will be decided eventually on the basis of what's called qualified majority voting. Uh, Oh, we did so well without European Union jargon. What's qualified majority voting? Well, the latest system of qualified majority voting was brought in in 2014 and it, one of the reasons the Brits want to leave but that's an, a podcast for a different date uh, it means that if 55% of countries representing at least 65% of the population of the EU want this to happen and the remaining countries vote against it we'll have to go along with it uh, now that's about the limit of my knowledge so I spoke to Dr Karen Devine of the Department of Law and Government in DCU about this to get her view she reckoned that the UK if it was still in the EU would have been likely to take a case on this to the European Court of Justice to challenge it. Her take was that after the UK leaves, that challenge won't happen as Ireland is too EU-centric to to rock the boat, really. There is a chance that the Danes, who are also against this idea, might uh, do something. She also highlighted an assessment of this from the House of Lords, which argued that it could be challenged on the basis of something called subsidiarity, which is the requirement that decisions must be taken as close as possible to the citizens of the EU. But basically, at the moment, the way things are stacking up, if there is a majority of members in favour of this, including France and Germany, then we'd be compelled to go along. Okay, so it looks like we probably will be picking. What are our MEPs in Parliament saying about this? Uh, Well, I caught up with uh, Deirdre Clune about this, and she's our only member of the EU Parliament's Transport and Tourism Committee, which is the lead committee on this issue. And she's been now working actively on this subject over the last couple of years. So she talked me through the political process, first of all. Uh, I also asked her which option she'd prefer, uh, and her view reflected what seems to be a broad view uh, in Ireland that a switch to summertime would, in fact, be better. The argument was that children going to school, we needed that addition, that light. But I think infrastructure has changed, there's more public lighting. Children are taken to school in, in cars or in buses, so um, or public transport. So I think that those days of children going to school unaccompanied on unlit roads are no longer with us. Um, I definitely think the, the advantage then of having the extra hour in the evening means you have more time for um, activities uh, for, for younger people and older people, more time for activities to get out, take exercise. For all those reasons, I'd be in favour of um, keeping summertime all year round. So really it's the 
two dreaded B words at the moment, Britain and Brexit could be the the things that scupper any plans to change to summertime. Yeah, Britain did consider changing their clocks uh, a few years ago. So back in 2011, there was a proposal to move to Central European time, meaning the clocks would still change twice a year, but that we'd be on GMT plus one in winter and GMT plus two in the summer. We won't get bogged down in all that. <laughs> Please um, don't. All you need to <laughs> My know, brain. All you need to know is we would have, would have had brighter evenings all year round, but it was a slightly different proposition. Uh, that plan was scrapped after opposition from Scotland and Northern, Northern England uh, due to concerns about darker mornings. Uh, you may recall Tommy Braun, uh, a TD here, uh, backed a similar move uh, around that time. So the latest word from a UK minister on this is that was the last time that was considered. It's not on the table now. It's not something they're looking at. Uh, Kelly Tourist uh, is the business minister um, and she's uh, the latest person speaking on the record on this in the House of Commons. She said there was no plans to change daylight savings time. Uh, she said ministers were actively working to convince other member states to block the proposal. Um, so it's a safe bet, you know, Brexit in all likelihood will go ahead. Outside of Brexit, those lobbying efforts will continue. But the thing is, Britain will have less access to those meetings and won't have the same voting rights um, as other member states. So it gives us less of a voice if we want to stick with the with the twice year, yearly changes. Uh, um, that minister, Kelly Tourist, also made a couple of good points. She was looking um, at that EU consultation, the one we referred to earlier. As we explained, more than four million people got back to that and there was a huge uh, majority in favour of scrapping the seasonal changes. But she pointed out that uh, the vast majority of contributions to the consultation came from just three countries. Even within that, a whopping 70% of the replies, 3.1 million, came from Germany. So uh, Germany very much seems to be leading the debate on this and Angela Merkel has, has really thrown her, her weight in behind it and said it's a priority for her. Here, I think the debate really hasn't caught fire. Yeah, so what are the main reasons that, say, people in Germany really want to move away from daylight savings time, from changing the clocks? It's hardly just the, you know, losing that hour of sleep every year. <laughs> it seems to be something that, that's exercised. I've asked a few people about this this week. It's one of those things that, as far as I can gather, just seems to be, seems to be more of a debate over there. Um, that thing about more leisure time in the evenings seems to be one of the reasons they're giving. All, all those reasons I gave basically as part of the consultation, <laughs> most of those are from Germany. So, so that's basically it. So in Germany, they want extra leisure time. Will that be the main debate in Ireland when we have it about going from winter or summer or are there other people invested in this whole area? Um, extra leisure time, as we said in that consultation earlier, 10% of people cited road safety. Um, that's something that's often brought up here when this d- Yeah, the kids going to school, up. that's how I remember people talking about it. Oh, we have to do the, make sure the brighter mornings are there during winter, otherwise the kids will be going to school in complete darkness. Yeah, and on an anecdotal basis, um, maybe that's not such an issue anymore because a lot of kids are getting lifts, a lot of kids are going uh, on buses and the kids that are walking are probably walking in urban lit areas so so that that's less of a factor. Uh, but the, the Road Safety Authority is um, one of the few um, uh, road safety agencies across Europe that have actually examined this. They, they did a study a few years ago around the same time that um, we were discussing Tommy Brown's uh, proposition. Um, and according to the Road Safety Authority, um, they said it may appear logical to anticipate that a move to Central European time, so that would be shifting an hour ahead, would have a positive impact on road safety here. But in reality, the casual factors for road traffic collisions are varied and interact in different ways. Um, so basically, they said that having considered all the evidence, 
there's no conclusive evidence that a year-round move to Central European time would have any beneficial impact. So, th- so it, they'll be it, neutral on the summertime, wintertime thing as well, you'd imagine? It's impossible to, to prove either way. And they said even if further studies were done, it might still be impossible to prove either way. The other anecdotal thing, so what you often hear is that you hear the road safety thing, the children going to school. But you also hear about farmers. Um, and I, I was never clear, do they want the mornings to be brighter or do they want the evenings to be brighter? Did you find that out? Uh, yeah, I was chatting to someone from the, the IFA about this and there doesn't seem to be a, a, a hugely broad consensus on this. Um, there's a couple of different factors. Um, they haven't done any widespread polls or surveys themselves, but they have been having some internal discussions on various IFA committees. Um, if there has to be a change, um, what I was told is that it looks like more than seven in 10 farmers would prefer a shift to the summertime, which has obvious benefits in terms of productivity in the evenings. It would improve safety in the evenings, uh, particularly in winter. Uh, Farmers in border regions, though, have obvious concerns. So to find out a bit more, uh, Harold Kingston is the person I spoke to, and he's a dairy farmer and the Cork Central chairman with the IFA. For, For my own thinking, uh, I'd much prefer to see a brighter evening because we are more likely to be actually doing field work in, in the afternoon and therefore, you know, um, work the outside. And it makes sense that you had a, a bit of extra light for the finish up jobs. Definitely, I think the, the brighter evening makes more practical sense uh, from a farming point of view. So that's the farmer's view from Harold Kingston. But what about the general population? You mentioned there that the survey talked a lot about health benefits. What are those health benefits? Well, interestingly, one expert I spoke to for this podcast argued that there's very good good scientific evidence to back up us continuing on wintertime all year round rather than than summertime uh, just to be different. Uh, so the clip you're about to hear is from Dr. Annie Curtis. She's a research lecturer at the Department of Molecular and Cellular Therapeutics at the RCSI. In more everyday terms, she's a sleep expert and she's our go-to person here with the journal.ie whenever we have a question about this area that we need looked at. So first of all, I would say it's a great move that we are going to abolish daylight savings time because what that what that is doing essentially is giving us jet lag twice a year. So we're self-imposing jet lag on everybody in this country and in Europe twice a year for, for no obvious reason anymore. So then the second thing is, well, which time do we stay on? And of course, you know, if you asked anyone in the street, do you want to stay on wintertime versus summertime? What would the answer be? It was summertime, I imagine. Yep. So, so it, in a way, the language is quite wrong around it because everyone would say, oh, I want to stay in summertime. I really lo- love the really long evenings. The problem about that, though, is that if we stay in summertime, when winter rolls around, the a sunrise won't be until at half nine in the morning. Now, that poses huge amounts of problems. We're actually going to be giving ourselves a serious amount of jet lag, body clock disruption. Because one of the things that our body clocks need is sunlight in the morning. So if we change to constant summertime, we're all going to be in work before the sun rises. So we'll never, have the, we'll never expose ourselves properly to that morning light And that morning light is absolutely critical for us to really keep our body clocks in sync. Okay, so that was Dr. Curtis from one of my favourite departments of molecular and cellular therapeutics at the RCSI. So it definitely sounds like someone we should be listening to. So she's for wintertime, which is kind of booking the trend of everybody else we've talked to uh, so far. And this other idea that we could save energy if we stop 
changing the clocks forward and backwards every year. Is there anything to back that up? Uh, not really. Um, I have another expert lined up to talk us through that. You'd be pleased to hear. Uh, John Fitzgerald, formerly of the ESRI, currently adjunct professor of economics at Trinity College Dublin. Um, he was one of the authors of a study uh, looking at how an experiment in changing our time zone might work back in 2014. And this is what he told me. If we change, if you like, to European time rather than Greenwich Mean Time, British time, it wouldn't make much difference in electricity consumption. The only thing which would have made a difference is if we moved to Greenland time, that's two hours to the west. But I don't think anybody would find Greenland time particularly useful. So it would not actually make any saving in electricity use. The reason for actually a possible saving is if the peak hour in Ireland which in the winter is between five and six, was different from the peak hour in Britain. Maybe we could swap electricity with, if our peak hours were different. But even allowing for that possibility, um, it didn't look as if you'd save much uh, energy um, and carbon emissions by having a different time. That was John Fitzgerald of the ESRI. And Dara, I've actually heard John speak about his dad, who was former Taoiseach Gareth Fitzgerald, um, who took a position on this back when he was Taoiseach. And there was some experiment carried out under his time, wasn't there? Yeah, the memory he shared with me was from the late 60s. So in 1969, Britain decided to abolish daylight saving time as an experiment. And Fitzgerald Sr., Gareth Fitzgerald, argued in the run-up to a general election that year that Ireland should show its independence by continuing on with the clock changes and that we should let the UK go and do its own thing. And he was apparently brandishing ferry timetables from the 1910s as, as part of all that at public meetings in Sandyment. Uh, eventually, we followed the Brits on that experiment and when they switched back... So we went against them anyway? We did. We, we switched back when, when they switched back. Um, and it didn't, oh, lads. <laughs> it wasn't much of a political issue after that. It was maybe just something that was uh, worth trotting out at general election time for, for Gareth Fitzgerald, but it, it didn't really come back to bite him or anything. Uh, but John Fitzgerald, anyway, he's something of a history buff in this area. Um, so as part of our chat, we went back over the history of time zones and daylight savings, uh, including that period I mentioned earlier uh, when uh, Dublin was 25 minutes off London time. And that was known as Dublin Mean Time. Back in the 18th, uh, into the 19th century, every town basically had its own time and you had clock towers on churches or whatever and the time was set based on when the sun was directly overhead using a sundial however that posed major problems um, when you had trains which were running from Dublin to Cork or whatever or when you are travelling from London to Manchester uh, because uh, the trains had to run on time so it led to a standardisation in Britain and Ireland of time across uh, the country and in Ireland um, the standardisation was on Dublin time not on Greenwich Means time so we were um, around 30 minutes different different from a time in the United Kingdom so up to 1916 um, when you took the boat and if you look at a railway timetable they said uh, when you're taking the boat from uh, Hollyhead to Dublin, you need to adjust your watch by, was it 28 or 32 minutes? People got used to that. But ironically, it was 1916 that provoked um, a, a, a change. That until then, we had Irish time. But possibly partly because of the revolution in Ireland and the army were finding it complicated and trying to get their timings right. In December 1916, we standardised on British time. I kind of love the idea of Dublin Mean Time, Dara, but I'm guessing that's not what's going to happen next. No, that would be... (laughs) 
interesting, certainly, <laughs> um, in the context of the Brexit debate. Uh, what happens next is, well, from my point of view, I'm not sure how engaged the general public has been on this issue. Um, so I think once Brexit is dealt with over the next couple of months in Ireland, I'd expect a wider debate to take place in this country, maybe over the summer. We should see the publication of that uh, Department of Justice consultation published in the next um, couple of months too. So that should focus minds. Uh, in terms of Europe, it's unlikely that the leaders of member states will have much bandwidth or energy to devote to this until after the European elections at the end of May and until after this phase of Brexit comes to an end. On the question of whether we'll still be put on our clocks back in October, yes, we will. We'll be doing it again next year as well, but it all comes to a head in uh, 2021. We'll see what happens then. So the main takeaway is the clocks are going, springing forward and falling back for at least the next two years. And if you want your say, you need to get on to the Minister for Time. <laughs> the Minister for Time, Charlie Who Flanagan. Who is Charlie Flanagan. Thank you very much, Dara. No problem. Thank you for listening to The Explainer. This episode was made with the care and attention of our executive producer, Christine Bowen, producer Aoife Barry, assistant producer and tech operator, Nikki Ryan, and assistant news editor, Dara Brophy. Thanks to all of our contributors. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Sinead O'Carroll and we'll be back same time next week.